Hi, you're listening to the Survival Brothers Podcast. We're two brothers trying to help each other prepare for an uncertain future. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Survival Brothers Podcast. My name is Ethan, and with me is my brother Blair. How you doing, Blair? I'm good, man. I've been, uh, I got my garden in kind of late, but uh, got some stuff coming up, and uh, feels good, you know, to have some some food growing. What do you have planted? Not a whole lot, honestly. I've got some beets, some corn, some tomatoes, uh, spinach, and a cantaloupe that may or may not come up. We'll see. Nice. Yeah, you'll have to tell me how your spinach goes. Uh, we planted, everything we planted is just in containers since we don't have, uh, we can't dig up the grass in our rental. Um, and we bought like the, just miracle Grow type stuff from a uh, garden center. And uh, it was, it was not compacted down. So like we, we filled up the containers and then since we've been watering it, it's like each container is only like half full because it, comp- it uh, got compacted down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But that's so, good because you, you can add more, you know, compost, uh, you know, next year or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I'm worried about the roots on some of them. And, but anyway, I had, we, planted spinach and it shot up like really quick seemed like within a couple days but then it seems like it's just kind of stopped uh, and i think part of it is because the dirt is kind of compacted down the edges of the containers are blocking the sun for a lot of the day so they're oh, not getting the sun as they would have so it's something i learned for sure is to try to pack it down a little bit more when i first put it in but yeah we've got a little compost bucket but the not doing a whole lot there but uh anyway yeah let me know how you're how it all goes yeah I mean, you got to learn you know somehow and start small and uh grow some food yeah we've got some uh green bean pods that are just starting and got uh, there are some carrots that are looking good on the outside so good, good. it'll all uh, work out but anyway uh today we are on episode 33 and we're going to be talking about uh, three economic scenarios that we uh, think are likely in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think this is probably my number one situation that I'm prepping for right now. Um, just the economy and uh, how it could go bad. So we're going to talk about that. Um, also, we're going to start a new segment toward the end of the podcast called Prepper Product of the Week. So stick around for that, and uh, let's get into it. All right. First, I've got a couple things I want to talk about. Um, The first is I did some math based on 2019, uh, the United States uh, financial situation, I guess. And so this isn't even including all the debt that we've racked up just this year because of the coronavirus. Uh, Just giving a little bit of a break uh, based on the numbers. So for 2019, when it wasn't quite as bad, what I did is compared it to somebody who's got a $50,000 a year salary, about the average. I think uh, the average is a little more than that in the country, but uh, 50000 is the easier number to work with. Good benchmark, yeah. So the government, uh, their their income for 2019 was about three and a half trillion dollars in 2019 and they spent about 4.4 trillion dollars so there's a deficit of about 900,000 or 900 billion sorry a little off on the billions so uh if someone was making fifty thousand dollars a year that would be similar to them spending 62 almost sixty three thousand dollars a year even though they're only making $50,000 and that would be like them being in debt. So we were in debt in 2013, about 23 trillion. It's about 26 already this year. Um, but that would be like us or like that $50,000 a year person being in debt, $328,000. That is insane, dude. That's Just insane. a little bit of a comparison. So you can kind of get the, uh, a better picture of, the kind of situation the country's in and there's no sign of that going down. There's interest that we're paying on that debt. Um, it's just, 
it's bad pretty much any way you look at it. Yeah, you look at it. That's the deficit is almost almost a quarter of uh, of the income. Yeah. That's every year, it just gets added onto it. Yeah, there's you know I was thinking even if they did so if someone was making fifty thousand dollars a year and they're spending sixty three thousand dollars a year, even if they cut their budget like sixteen seventeen thousand dollars and they were only spending forty five k a year. If they're trying to put that five extra thousand dollars towards their debt of three hundred twenty-eight thousand, with even without interest, that'd be over sixty years before they could pay that off. And that's yeah, that's not including interest. Doesn't really sound possible, does it? Yeah, it seems pretty uh, hopeless for just a straight pay it off type of situation. Yeah. So. Uh, I will talk a little bit about uh, the scenarios, and this isn't a doom and gloom necessarily, but just uh, because I think one thing we've talked about is the Federal Reserve could be could keep us propped up for who knows how long. Well, they they've already been doing it for yeah. for a long time. They've been buying assets and keeping the uh, interest rates down, um, and then the federal government has also been. Uh, deficit spending, which makes people feel richer than they are. Yeah, I see all the time everyone talking about, and this not necessarily to get political because I don't think this is Trump's fault that we're. It's not his fault we were in, you know, twenty trillion dollars of debt around when he took office, um, and it's not like he completely controls the budget. But everyone talks about this great economy in the last four years, you know. But you look at the numbers. Would you tell somebody who makes fifty grand a year, who's three hundred and thirty thousand dollars? in debt that they're doing great. They're doing great as long as they can, uh, you know, make the interest payments, right? Yeah. (laughs) Kind of what we're doing, but eventually eventually people stop lending you money is the the problem. Right. So uh, because we're America, that might not happen for a while, but uh, still seems like something's inevitable eventually. Yes. And, for that. I think the big problem is most people don't see it happening because it it's it's kind of behind the scenes, you know. Up until this coronavirus thing, we had low unemployment. Um, we've got you know a, a growing economy. We've got all this um, new products you can buy, all these new you know tech things, um, streaming TV. Things just seem like they're getting better all the time. You know, we don't see that it's all kind of built on debt. And um, we don't even realize how fast it could come crashing down. Yeah, kind of a scary situation. I was putting some food storage that I ordered away uh, while I was making my daughter some macaroni and cheese the other day. And I was just kind of talking to her about, uh, you know, why I have food storage. I kind of asked her if she knew why, and she didn't – I think she gave me kind of a funny answer and I don't remember what it was, but uh, I told her, I was just talking to her about her macaroni and cheese and all the things that it takes for that to get to our home. You know, somebody has got to grow the wheat for the macaroni. Uh, you know, somebody has got to process uh, the wheat or they have to harvest the wheat. They have to process the wheat. Um, they have to shape it into the macaroni. They have to process the, they have to grow the cows to milk the cows to uh, process the cheese and then dry the cheese, dry the macaroni. You know, somebody's got to create a container for it, and then somebody has to put it all together, and then they have to truck it to the store, and then we have to go to the store and buy it from the store. So there's all these steps in this process, and you know, I was talking to her for any food, but you know, since we were making macaroni and cheese at the time. Um, just kind of talking about if one of these steps gets interrupted, we're not in control of that situation. We're not in control of, you know, if the wheat doesn't grow right or, you know, there's a storm that disrupts that or if the um, the milk can't get to us, get to the cheese maker, you know, whatever it is. So uh, kind of a long story, but kind of gets to the point of just we're not in control of what's happening. So. I thought that was kind of a 
interesting conversation I had. Yeah, you gotta you gotta start teaching them young and helping them appreciate the stuff we have. Yeah. Um, but so with all this debt, with all this um, economy potential, economy turmoil potential, um, do you want to get right into what you think might happen? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've kind of come up with three scenarios that I think could happen to the economy going forward. Um, but the crazy thing is, I was thinking about it, the first scenario is like the mildest one. That could easily lead to uh, the slightly worse scenario, which could lead to the absolute worst scenario, worst case scenario. So the way I see it, we'll probably go through all three of these. But, you know, bare minimum, I think, is uh, the best case scenario, which still is, is kind of bad for our country. Yeah. So the first one I'm just going to call um, extended stagnation. Um, kind of like maybe what we saw during the Great Recession or um, during the 70s, there was kind of a stagnating economy as well. And they also had high inflation at the same time, so they called it stagflation. But in this scenario, you know, things just aren't going to, to get better like they have. There's going to be a lot more unemployment. Um, things will probably be more expensive. People are going to have to make do with, with less, you know, things like that. It's just, just kind of a, a crummy scenario, but not necessarily the end of the world. Yeah. So you think that could domino into the other things, um, but before we get into the other things, what can we kind of do to prepare for that first side of it, the extended stagnation? Um, I would have some savings, you know, if you don't already. Um, have an emergency fund so that if you lose your job, you can have something to tie you over until you find a new job. Yeah, um, they're they're closing parts of the country down again because of this kind of second uh, potential, potentially a second wave of coronavirus. Uh, I know Florida just shut down. I think they're even shutting down beaches for the 4th of July. Um, and California's got some counties closing again. So it could, you know, you might've just started job, your job back up, but you never know. They could start closing stuff down again, even without, uh, the economy feeling the hit right away. You could feel it. Yeah. Uh, In this scenario, I see, I'm just going to say it's about 10 to 12% unemployment, which is what we had during the the last recession. Um, Right now, the unemployment rate is about 17% because of the coronavirus. But, you know, even if that number declines a little bit, I don't think it's going to decline back to what it was before coronavirus which was like under five percent so i think we're looking going forward i think we're looking at probably at least 10 percent unemployment yeah and that's right now it's not necessarily showing up because of the the stimulus that's come up and then the unemployment benefits that were part of that cares act so even though um the economy doesn't look like it's bad right now it's uh as soon as some of those benefits stop or some of those that stimulus wears off it could start to hit in the yeah, near future. That's a good point. I mean, during the Great Depression, they had bread lines. And, you know, that was kind of a big feature of the last Great Depression. People were out of food and they'd go stand in lines. Well, nowadays we have uh, basically a virtual bread line, you know, because we've got the social safety nets where, um, like you said, the CARES Act and, and other social safety net programs where it's just injected right into your bank account. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's the same thing. It's government handouts. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's not as, as visible, you know, for, I don't know, for optics, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, emergency fund, uh, you know, we always talk about food storage. We think that's extremely important. Um, but yeah, you, you just, you don't know, even if you don't lose your job, like I'm in a situation where, uh, I, I probably wouldn't lose my job, but my income could still go down quite a bit. And there's a lot of commission type jobs that are like that. 
um, in the country, which could uh, affect the economy quite a bit. Absolutely. So another another thing that you might want to think about or people might want to think about is getting like a side job, side hustle, or some other type of income stream to supplement what you have um, or to kind of fill in for you if you if you lose the job you have. Yeah, that definitely could make a difference if there's jobs available and, you know, even if you're waiting tables or cleaning tables or something. Yeah, there's, I mean, look into like Uber and DoorDash. There's people that do that full-time, but there's also people that just do it like on the side. Yeah, it could be, make a big difference. Yeah, so... um I kind of see this situation kind of morphing into a worse situation, which I'm going to call Great Depression Part Two. Um, so, I kind of all the stuff we saw during the last Great Depression, unemployment would be twenty percent or more. Um, I think Real quick, living would go up. Yeah, go ahead. Not uh, if this is kind of putting you on the spot, but in the next two years, what do you think the chances of like extended stagnation? Your first, oh, the first uh, scenario. I think almost uh, almost a hundred percent. Okay, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I yeah, just wanted to hear your thoughts. So some kind of recession, major recession, um, in the next few years, you think is inevitable almost. Yeah, I think I think we're going into it now. I think we were going to go into it anyway, but the coronavirus thing kind of gave us that little nudge, pushed us over the edge. Okay. So yeah, I, th- I think we're in it now and. And it's not going to get better for, you know, the next few years. Okay. So Great Depression too. Yeah. Um, so in the last Great Depression, we had um, deflation. So uh, the dollar grew, or the the dollar got stronger. Um, people were out of work, and but if you had money or you had you had income, things weren't that bad for you because you, um, your money went further. You know, things weren't yeah. more expensive. Do you know why the dollar went up? Um, I I don't really. I think it's just that people wanted to hold on to something valuable. They weren't they weren't willing to to spend those dollars. Okay, so, so less demand. Less, yeah, less supply would. Uh, create that right now in the situation we have now i think it is possible we could have deflation again for a short period of time but eventually i think if inflation will come back um because of the debt because um we've been so reckless with the money with the um with our spending yeah there's some theories out there that uh think that before if there was a major dollar crash they would there's theories that still think that the dollar would deflate would in which would increase in value quite a bit for at least a short period of time before the crash because of uh other countries seeing it as a safer currency than their own so other countries uh currencies might be collapsing and they might be uh trying to trade their money in for dollars which would increase the dollar uh, the value of the dollar yeah, and we should point out that even though we have a lot of debt, other countries also have a lot of debt. True. Yeah. Like major European countries, China, Japan, a lot of these countries have a lot of debt. And so we're kind of like, I've heard the term, we're the least dirty shirt in the hamper. Right. <laughs> um, so it's it's going to be kind of deceiving, though, because the stock market may continue to go up. Um and that's like the big metric that people think about when they think about the economy. Even if unemployment is down or unemployment is up and other things are going badly, you know, the stock market and assets that are valued in dollars um, could continue to go up for a while. Yeah. Even though the dollar might be going down, it might look like it's going up. Yeah. Because other currencies are going down faster. So, right. And yeah, there's... the go difference. Ahead. In this Great Depression, is eventually there will be a reckoning as far as the dollar goes, as far as the debt, and um, we're going to have inflation. We're going to have higher prices. 
So everything that we need and we depend on buying on a regular basis, the price is going to go up. Um, people will probably not be buying, you know, cars and, and luxury goods. And, and we have to realize our economy is about 60% uh, based on consumer, consumer spending. So what does that mean? 60% of the jobs out there are dependent on heavy consumer spending. You know, 60% of the industries. Um, so when we have an economy such as ours that is so heavily dependent on consumer spending, if that spending doesn't stay elevated, then it's going to cause a snowball effect where the unemployment rate skyrockets. And yeah. uh, that's what could lead us into, you know, an, econ an economic collapse, which is my third scenario. Yeah. Uh, as far as like consumer spending, I sold cars for a couple of years. Uh, it was a few years ago, but uh, even a few years ago, I did not sell a lot of cars to people who needed a car. Um, I sold a lot of cars to people who wanted to upgrade because they got a new job or they got a raise or they just wanted newer technology. Uh, but we took in trade-ins all the time of perfectly well-running cars, um, meaning that they don't need to buy those cars uh, a lot of people buy things because they they think everything's going well. Um, but you know, if if people are scared, they're going to hold on to their money. Or not scared, but if they if they think that the economy might be going downhill, they're probably going to be more conservative with their money, which could, yeah, like you said, kind of domino effect into um, more people losing their jobs because they're not spending in these consumer industries. Absolutely. Although that does kind of bring up a, an opportunity might be to uh, learn how to fix cars um, and uh, make some extra money that way, helping people drive those older cars for longer because they can't afford to buy a new one. Yeah. Well, and I know there's a lot of people in debt too, you know, with interest rates that they shouldn't be driving around a car that they didn't need. And so, or with high, high monthly payments that they they might not uh, be too happy about if there's some economic stress. Yeah, and that's that's another that brings up another interesting point. We've been talking about government debt being high, but uh, the private sector debt is high as well. Um, yeah. Consumer debt and corporate debt is is also incredibly high, and that's that's going to drag on the economy as well if they can't continue to borrow. Yeah, and so if you you should probably, you know, the listeners out there, try not to get into debt you don't need to get into. I know cars and houses are almost, it's almost inevitable not to get in, in some kind of debt for those things. But the less debt you have, the better off you're going to be. Absolutely. Well, um, so what can we prepare if there's a Great Depression? Um is there any, what additional things do you think we should prepare for that scenario? Um, besides kind of, a, uh, in addition to the things that you already said, so. Right. In addition to that stuff, I'd say just be prepared to lower your standard of living. Um, be prepared to, to go without, um, like the luxuries and, um, just kind of learn how to be poor, I guess. Um, I would purchase and hold compact forms of wealth, like in your savings. It's good to have money in the bank and, and stocks and bonds, but it's also good to have some gold and silver, maybe Bitcoin, maybe, um, I don't know, firearms, things that, that hold their value are good to have. Yeah, yeah I think traditionally gold and silver, uh, precious metals have kind of had the inverse uh, value of the dollar. Is that fairly ac accurate? Yeah, I think over time, as the dollar goes up or the dollar goes down, uh, gold kind of does the opposite. So if there's a dollar, if there's a issue with the value of the dollar, if there's some kind of inflation or hyperinflation, there's a decent chance that gold will be a good way to keep your wealth uh, or keep your uh, like a good way to save your money where it doesn't lose the value where if you just had a bank account full of that money, it's not going to, 
that value is going to be diminishing. Right. Or your purchase purchasing power with that money is going to diminish. Right. Um, so have that stuff. And then also um, just have stuff that, uh, that you would buy anyway, like in the future. Um, maybe clothes, maybe shoes, maybe ammo for your, your firearms. Um, anything that you can store like in your house that you might have to buy anyway. Um, any big purchases that you plan on making in the future. Um, it'd be a good idea to think about those now. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. You never know, um, what's going to be available. What, so the next couple of years, what do you think the chances are of a, of a great depression? I think it's pretty good. Um, I wouldn't know how to put a, a percentage on it, but um, we no one was expecting you know this coronavirus to happen, and it you know it kind of dealt a pretty serious blow to our economy. I think there if there was some other kind of of event that happened that could kind of tip us even further into depression, um, that could definitely happen. What would this might be something better for the next topic, but uh, so let me know if you want to save it. But what what would the the government? Because the government's going to do everything they can. I mean, the Federal Reserve, the government, to stop this from happening, right? I mean, they're going to print money or continue to lend money or buy bonds um, that help, and all those things help keep the economy afloat. Yeah, and well, what they what they kind of do is hide the the bad economy. Um, I think if if we get, I don't want to make this sound political. This is just the way it is. Um, if we get more Democrats, like if Joe Biden wins the presidency, and if we get Democratic control of the House and Senate, we're going to see larger spending bills. Yeah, um, and we might see those larger spending bills even with Republicans controlling things too. So I'm, I'm definitely not trying to make this political, but I hear stuff um, like universal basic income, um, infrastructure, spending projects, um, you know, just uh, universal healthcare, stuff like that. All kinds of new, new spending is going to come, come about. Yeah. So the, they could continue to prop up, basically prop up the economy for i mean it, they could continue to do it for who knows i mean several years but i think we both feel like the longer that they are propping it up the worse you know the higher it goes and the further it has to fall uh so the worse it, it's going to be yes yeah 100 percent uh we've been putting it off so long putting off you know fiscal responsibility that when it does happen it's going to be really bad yeah so uh, we're definitely not, I don't, I think there's a really good chance, like you said, of, of the stagnation, um, a full depression. I just, you know, I've, I've thought that was going to happen for a while and I just, I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to get propped up for, uh, still for several years, five, 10 years even. So, but yeah, I think, I think 10 years would be, would be stretching it. But I, I agree with you. They can prop it up for a while. Yeah. So, but if that's continuing to happen, it's yeah. It just it's going to happen eventually, and it's going to be really bad when it does. If if it especially if it continues to get propped up and things don't actually change as far as responsible economics. Yeah. Well, getting kind of back to the things you can do to prepare. Um, be prepared for higher crime levels, like way higher. We've been living for the past 20 or 30 years, about 25 years in, in a time when crime is going down. And so a lot of people just don't realize what it's like to, to, um, you know, be mugged or to, to be carjacked, stuff like that. It just doesn't happen very often because, um, we have a relatively low crime rate, crime rate, but if the unemployment rate goes up and, you know, systems start failing, I could see crime just going through the roof. So make yeah. sure you, you know how to protect yourself, 
you're keeping yourself safe, that kind of stuff is going to be a lot more important in the next few years. Yeah. If you're not familiar with, with guns, we just had two episodes on uh, first-time gun owners. Uh, listen to those and see what uh, some good advice on how or what you should do to buy a gun and what guns you should buy and um, how to prepare that way. And uh, yeah, yeah. if people are losing their income, people are losing their jobs, things they've worked for, I can see a lot of people who'd get just very bitter at the the system um, and just kind of take that out on whoever or whatever they can. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then another thing I'd look into is uh, renewable power. It's getting a lot cheaper. Like in the past few years, it has gotten the price come down considerably. So look into solar power, especially um, if you have a backyard or if you have a roof where you can put solar panels on. Um, that that's going to be a big help to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so definitely look into that as kind of like the one of the things to prepare for. Yeah, it'd be awesome if the if any kind of crash holds up until some of that technology gets really good. Cause I know battery technology has just come a long way even recently. And uh, if you could combine some extreme battery technology with some great solar technology, you could, um, it would help your preparedness a lot. Yeah. So um, I guess the last scenario that I think could happen is complete economic collapse. And what this would look like, I think, is probably hyperinflation, um, where things are just getting outrageously expensive. Um, the price is increasing by, you know, hundreds or thousands of percent, um, maybe even, you know, doubling every day. This has happened before in uh, Weimar, Germany in the 20s. It's happened in Argentina a couple times, like in the past 20 or 30 years. It's happened in Zimbabwe. And the thing is, with all these these places where it's happened before, there's always been some other place in the world um, where it's not happening, um, where you can either find a new currency to use, you can, you know, get you know, borrow money from other parts of the world. It's it's happened like in localized areas, is what I'm saying, and then the rest of the world have been able to to like help out in some way. But I think this is going to be a worldwide thing, uh, at least in Europe, United States, Japan, China, the big economies. And yeah. so there's, there's not going to be, you know, anything for us to fall back on. There's not going to be another, another currency we can just switch to. And yeah, there's no one going to be willing to borrow to lend us money. Yeah, if it happens to the dollar. The whole world is going to be affected by that. So. It's uh, So what would cause hyperinflation um, or what does cause hyperinflation? I've got kind of a theory, but uh, well, do you want me to give you my theory or? Yeah, sure. Drop it on, yeah. drop it on me. I mean, it might be, uh, I don't, I'm not saying it's just my theory, just my guess. So if the government continues to print, be printing a, a lot of money um, and people don't have jobs, people don't have production, it means there's less production that's available which would mean there's less products available which means there's a higher demand for those products but if everybody still has money because they're being given a universal basic income or they're being given welfare um, everyone's going to be trying to buy a smaller amount of goods which would raise the cost and uh, just make the dollar less valuable yeah I think that's a very realistic scenario I think that could definitely happen. There's another, as far as like the monetary side of things, um, inflation is caused by by more money in the system plus higher velocity of money, which is beats people spending it. So those those two things um, cause hyperinflation basically. And and right now we're seeing the money creation, but we're not seeing the velocity of money really happen. So do you think that a trigger for something like that is as soon as people start losing faith in the future of the dollar, they're just going to start trying to get rid of the dollar or their their physical dollars by buying goods 
Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I think it could also come from another country. If there's a crisis in in another country and they stop buying our dollars, um, that could be a catalyst for it as well. What do you mean by buying our dollars? I'm not. They buy our our bonds, basically. Other countries buy our bonds as a safe investment because they assume we'll always be able to pay them back. Okay, so they would be some point where they realize we can't pay it back because it's impossible, and so they stop buying our bonds. Okay, or they realize it's not worth the diminished value they'll get back when they get it back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point because right now they're they're not getting very much when you buy like a two year bond. I think it's a little over one percent. I haven't checked in a while, but you you lend the the government money for like ten years and you get like one and a half percent back. So it's just not it's not very much. And if people kind of stop buying those, then they have to raise those interest rates, um, which means we pay higher interest rate on our debt and it makes it harder for us to borrow that way as well. So there's just a whole chain reaction that could happen and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on it, but I think I know that there's no such thing as a free lunch. I think that's, that's pretty much common sense. And we've, we've been having this free lunch for a long time. So I, I just don't see it going on forever. Yeah. It seems like, so what, what are the kind of the situations where, um, you know, if we get to that point where people aren't buying our bonds, um, or if there's a point that we can't pay them back, so either we can't pay them back or we're just going to spend uh, or borrow even more to pay them back. I th- I think it'd be hard. It's hard for me to think that we just wouldn't pay it back. I think it's much more likely that we would just, uh, if they weren't getting well, that's basically what we're doing now is just printing more money to pay everything yeah. back. Yeah, I think you're right. They're, they're not going to default. Um, people have talked in the past about a debt jubilee, which is just basically people defaulting on the debt and saying, hey, let's let's kind of start over. Yeah. Um, but I just don't – I don't see how that's going to work because why would anyone lend lend us money again after that if they know, hey, they weren't paid back last time? You know, why would people buy these bonds? Right. So, I mean, that's kind of hard, hard to see for me. Yeah, same here. So in this economic, economic collapse scenario, like the, the worst, worst case, I think it'd be what's going to kind of cause that is if the government, because of either hyperinflation or something, the government is not able to maintain the social safety net. You know, think about like if the government is sending out a social security check each month, but um, the prices are going up every day, right? Prices of stuff are doubling every day, but all these people, depending on pensions or social security, they're only getting paid once a month. Um, right. So by the time they're they try and go spend their money, it's worthless. Um, so there's that part of it and then there's just the fact that like the government may not be able to to maintain that you know the social safety net like i said you know food stamps and um all the other stuff that i mean just think about all the, the people the federal government employee uh, employs not just the federal government governments at all levels you know what if they can't pay police salaries um what if they can't pay army salaries and and you know, all the salaries that they have to pay. There's just yeah. so many things that could, could go bad and um, just kind of snowball into just something truly terrifying. So in that situation where the money just becomes worthless, what can we do to prepare for that? What So in that situation, basically what you have is what you have if people have extra things and they're there's a point where they're just not going to take dollars no matter what they, you could have a million dollars and they're not going to take it because it means nothing. So if people have extra, the only way to get that, you know, unless they're giving it away, which some people might, but some people are, 
uh, understandably not going to give away something they've worked for, for no value. Um, and that's when gold and silver could come into play. Uh, other things of value could happen um, if you have access to those people who have extra. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, definitely have some some forms of wealth like that. I think the best way to survive this is to be as self-sufficient as possible. Yeah. And make sure you've got plenty of food storage. Make sure you've got um, friends and family that you can kind of rely on. Um, team up with because you can't, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. Um, well, it's very difficult and you'd have to start now if that was a, if there's any chance of you doing it all on your own. Um, but yeah, in a situation like that, everything that you think you need basically goes out the window. The only things you need are shelter, food, water. And security. Security, yeah. Yeah. So you have to think of those basic needs and you have to make sure those are covered. So if you can do that through food storage, that's still, you can only store so much food. I mean, you can store a lot of food. There's, you know, for the freeze dried things that have a 25 or 30 year shelf life. And I guess theoretically you could store 25 years worth of food. Um, but, uh, yeah, you'd have to have like a, a giant barn or something, you know, full of, full of food. That would be a lot of food. So the other things is skills to grow your own food, uh, things that where you can be self-sufficient, um, you know, how to harvest the seeds from the plants that you've, grown um you know i would recommend buying like there's basic survival books that can give you a lot of information in that kind of situation because i think knowledge is a huge part of being a prepper that we probably don't talk about as much i know we talk about it but um knowing how to do some of these things are going to be very important in this kind of situation yeah and i would I think one of the biggest things is make sure you have really good relationships, uh, close friends, family, make sure people know they can rely on you and that you can rely on them. Um, it's cause it's going to take, you know, family basically your close friends. Um, so make sure you have good relationships with people that you can, you can ask them to come be part of your group and kind of team up. Um, yeah. So that's, I, I don't know, to me, that's one of the biggest ones. Yeah. I think, uh, walking dead, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, instead of zombies, it's just mobs of people who are hungry and, uh, just trying to get away from those types of people. And I mean, if people will riot, people will riot over, you know, a guy being killed by the police. When, when you think about it, the police don't actually kill that many people. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, downplay the police brutality thing because it is a problem, but it's not, you know, people starving, you know, there'll be a lot worse than riots if, if people are starving. Yeah. And you think even if you had things that are valuable to somebody who has extra, you know, especially in bigger cities, big air, you know, populated areas, there's not going to be a lot of access to extra, you know, all of your food, all of your, the supplies that you need to live are coming in on trucks from outside of the city area. Um, yes, absolutely. Even, if, even like where I live, I mean, I, I'm not right in the middle of the city, but I'm, uh, I'm about 20 minutes outside of Indianapolis, but there's still, um, I mean, there's still, most things are not coming from my surrounding area. So yeah. we're most of eat so having uh having a garden having food storage having water storage access to these things are a big way and try to figure out what you're going to do in that situation if there's a complete collapse you know where you're going to go if you are in a populated area if your family's across the country you know i've had to think about how i'm going to get to uh, you know utah idaho where most of my family's at because i don't plan on staying here so, you know, having yeah, a, you need to have, you know, you need to have plans, um, contingency plans to 
to bug out if you have to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think unless there's some major responsibility that enters the government um, or the people who control the government spending, um, unless it takes a, a big turn on responsibility, even if it does that, it would create hard times uh, that would, for the short term, that would eventually make it better. Um, but unless, yeah, there's, I just feel like this is at least a gr- another great depression is in- inevitable unless, uh, there's some major changes, which I just don't see happening. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Well, that's, uh, that's a depressing topic. Do you have <laughs> anything else you want to add before we kind of move on? Um, no, just, yeah. Buy guns and ammo to protect yourself, buy food. Get trained. That uh, you are going to need. So if you're in a colder climate that gets cold, you've got to have some kind of source of heat. If you're planning on staying there, you've got to think of all these um, scenarios or all the options that you need on a daily basis that you might take for granted. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We should kind of go over all the survival needs again on on another podcast soon. Yeah, we've gone a little, a little longer than usual. But uh, is there more? Is there anything else you wanted to wrap up on? No, I, I think I pretty much covered everything I wanted to cover. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, the prepper product of the week then. What you got for us? So this is going to be something we do at the end of each podcast from now on, where we just talk about uh, kind of a product that we like or that we've seen or that we have that uh, we'd like to share and think it's kind of cool. So um, we bought a couple solar paneled like lanterns. They're kind of flashlight that you can turn into a lantern. Uh, They're solar powered and they have a USB port um, that you can charge your, you can plug your phone into, you can plug anything else that's uh, USB related into this little solar powered lantern. And then of course you can use it as a little flashlight or a little lantern. So uh, it's kind of cool. Um, it seems like it's got pretty good battery life. Uh, what it is, it's an Ozark trail. So it's just the Walmart brand of um, solar powered. So it's, we got it at Walmart and it, you know, it's not too expensive. So I don't know how long it'll hold up long term, but um, it seems like it's uh, fairly uh, good condition and and it seems like it works. Well, you'll have to kind of update us on, on how well it works um, yeah. as you use it. Yeah, if it has any issues, I plan on using it and because uh, we bought a couple of them. So I'm going to use one and continue to see how well it charges from just the sun. You can charge it with a wall outlet as well. Um, but I'm going to kind of see how well it does just in uh, just from the sun. Cool. Cool. I'll give you an update. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's tell people where they can um, find us. If you have any questions about what we went over today, if you if you want to know something specific to your situation, or if you want some advice, anything, get a hold of us on Twitter or Instagram at um, Serve Bros Pod, S U R V B R O S P O D. Um, we'd be happy to answer your question either on the podcast or just, you know, um, over message, you know? Yeah. And that reminds me, we actually did get a listener question this week. Um, we meant to do this at the beginning of the show and I just remembered. So, uh, this question is from Ryan and he asks, I have a shotgun that I haven't used for almost 10 years. And he wants to know what, uh, he should do before he shoots it again. Does he need to clean it, uh, or how would he clean it? Um, so he hasn't used it. He hasn't shot it for almost ten years. So it's something that he bought a long time ago. What does he need to do in order to clean, uh, or in, in order to use that shotgun again? Well, um, mechanically, if it was fine back when he last used it, it should be fine. But I would just check for any like rusted parts. Um, 
do a functions check on the weapon. Uh, make sure how and how you do a functions check is you make sure it's unloaded, and then you um, try to pull the trigger with the safety on, and make sure it doesn't make sure the trigger doesn't pull with the safety on. Okay. When you take the safety off, pull the trigger, make sure you hear that firing pin, you know, hit, and then hold the trigger down and run the action. Um, this is how we do it on like an M4, not an M4, like an AR-15. Um, but on a shotgun, I think it it should still work. So it'd be a it's a 12 gauge pump shotgun. So just hold the trigger down and and pump the. Yeah, um, just just make sure it it uh, the action runs fine. You can you can pump it back and forth. Make sure the trigger doesn't shoot when the safety's on. Make sure the trigger does shoot when the safety's off. And then if he if he knows how to take it apart, um, just look for any parts that are like super rusted. Uh, that that could cause you know a dangerous um, thing, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. At least like weapons are made made to last a long time. Just you know, make sure you clean it, put some oil on the moving parts, like any metal parts that that touch each other and and rub against each other. Make sure they have some oil on them, and um, should be good to go. Cool. Yeah. So if you have any questions like that or uh, any other questions. Um, yeah, like Blair said, serve bros pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, or email us at survivalbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. That's right. You do, you do not have to be on social media to interact with us. That's right. And we would love to hear your questions. We'd love for you to uh, tell your friends about the podcast and give us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. And uh, yeah, do you have a Liberty quote for us, Blair? I do. I'm going old school this time. Aristotle. Oh, boy. All right. From back in the day. Um, he says, republics decline into democracies and democracies degenerate into despotisms. I think that could, um, we could be seeing a lot of that in the near future. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, point of view from a long time ago. Yeah, it's like a, almost like some of these truths are just eternal. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we will see you next week. That's right. Take nothing for granted.